our heads in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to be here today, and we pray that for the next few moments, as we focus upon you, that you might receive the glory. We also pray that our hearts might be open and attentive to the word, for the word is that that grows us up. And then, Father, as we focus upon you, we cannot help but to say thank you for the opportunity to share the word and to be obedient to it. And we ask that that might be done in this hall this morning, in Jesus' name, amen. First of all, I'd like to thank the staff of the Master's College, especially Dr. John MacArthur and his wonderful staff for inviting me to be the speaker for the uh, moment here this morning. First of all, and second of all, I'd like to say thank you for showing up for chapel. Because you see, you could have spent some time studying hard and preparing for these new classes, but you've decided to come out. And you've decided to come out and to allow the Lord to speak to your heart about the very important role of Christianity. Now, you're blessed because you attend a college that's focused upon the Bible and God's Word. You're blessed because your entire education, as you spend these three or four years here, will prepare you for a life of Christian service. Whatever you do in life, Christ is the center of what you're involved in. Now, since this is a Bible college, and I'm assuming that you are a Bible student, I'm going to ask you to turn to James chapter 1, and we'll look at just one verse, verse 12. James chapter 1, verse 12. And I'd like to entitle this very short but important message, Passing the Test. Since you're here in school, you're going to have many exams, you're into your second week, and I want you to all pass the test. It reads like this, Blessed is a man who perseveres under trial, for once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Now you, my dear friends, is that man that's going to have to pass the test. But in your life, especially in college life, there will be many temptations that you're going to be confronted with. Some of you have already gone through many testings in terms of the classes that you're going to take, deciding upon that major, leaving home, coming here to school, making new friends, reacquainting yourselves with others, and especially committing yourself to the task of following Jesus as Lord and Savior. So as we look into this and the winter break is over and our minds are ready for the task set before us, all of this study, determination, commitment, passing the test, I would like you to focus upon discipleship in terms of this question. Since we are all current disciples in motion for our Lord, this time that I'm going to spend with you is going to be a time to encourage you as well as to ask you some questions about the commitment that you have to your Christ for this entire semester. So I'll just be asking you six questions that you're going to have to ask yourself in terms of temptations that are going to try to stop you from passing that test. Now, I'm not talking about just sexual temptations. I'm talking about all kinds of temptations. The test that's going to try to keep you from studying appropriately, spending that time in your classes in the books, focusing upon that type of campus life that you need to have with that fellow student 
as well as coming to a conclusion in terms of the kind of person that you need to be for the Lord. Now, I believe that that's very important because every test that you're going to be confronted with, they will be spiritual tests. These tests are going to test your spiritual stamina. It's going to prove to you what kind of student you're going to be for this next semester. Now, it's an exciting time, but you can never lose focus of what God wants for each and every one of you. So practically speaking, we need to ask these important questions that eventually enable us to receive that crown of life that James speaks about without shame or remorse. How many students have you known in the past that started off a real good semester, but then when the test came, they didn't pass it? They failed. And I'm not just talking about getting that paper done, getting the study in. I'm talking about you're, you will be confronted with things that will cause you to lose focus of where God wants you. Each of us in this room, God has a divine plan set for our lives. It's already been predetermined in heaven what He wants us to do. And now the enemy is going to come in and try to take your focus off of that goal that God has set for you. Some of us, we're going to blame ourselves, well, Pastor, I'm young. I don't know what to do. But God is saying, listen, results count, excuses don't. You have some of the finest professors and teachers in this entire country. Their entire lives have been spent to give you an education that's going to assist you in Christian development, especially in a time in our country where it is very popular to be unpopular when it comes to Jesus Christ. But what I'm trying to get you to focus upon this morning is to ask yourselves those very important questions. So what are some of these questions that we ought to ask concerning our being tempted not to pass the test that God has placed before us? I would say, first of all, the question that we have to ask is, is this temptation a violation of Scripture? Whenever you're tested not to complete the task that God has before you, the first thing that you have to ask is, is this test, is this trial, is this thing that's confronting me that I'm thinking about doing, that I'm thinking about saying, is it a violation of God's Word? What does the Bible say about it? Am I more concerned about what my peers say? Or am I secondly concerned about what my Heavenly Father says? You have to ask yourself that kind of question every day. When you take your study time, when you get up to have your private devotional time, if there's too much television in your lives, if there's too much fun in your lives, is it a violation of Scripture? We can read in 2 Timothy 2.15, it says, Be diligent. Study to show yourself approved of God. That kind of workman that doesn't have to be ashamed, but rather rightly cutting aright the word of truth. You've got to ask that kind of question. Second thing that you would have to say about this temptation being a violation of Scriptures, have I studied, have I prayed, have I inquired over God's word concerning the issue? Every test that's confronting you this semester, you've got to say, I want God's perspective and not mine. The problem with the church today is that we ask for others' perspective. Oh, yes, some of you are going to ask your roommate, your college partner that you're rooming with. They only spend just a few minutes studying, and you know that the Holy Spirit is telling you to put much more effort into that class because it's going to make you a better Christian for a world that's literally going to hell. You've got to ask those kind of questions. And in terms of this temptation being a violation of Scripture, 
have I placed other things in my life as a priority over what God has stated? You see, my friends, if anyone or anything comes before God in your life, it's going to show. It's going to show in the results of what happens in your life further on down the line. You see, it's one thing for you to think you have it made, but if God has answered you on the subject, what you need to do is come to terms on His terms. Let's come into the second question. The first one was, is the temptation a violation of the Scripture? The second question is, what has been the consequences of, in the lives of other people who have failed in this area? You've got to really ask those kind of questions. You've got to be discerning even as students. A lot of times, too often, when I remember I was in college later on in life, and I'm grateful to God that I had the opportunity to finish my bachelor's when I was a grown, mature man. And it was interesting to sit in that classroom as an adult and see youngsters like you toiling with the issues of life, and here I am going to school as an older man, and I said, my God, how difficult this must be. These youngsters have all this pressure and temptation around them. Sure, I was trying to juggle a, a 40 hour job a week and raise two children and, and then keep my wife happy and pay the rent and minister in the church and run the entire youth department and all of that. But I was mature. I was an adult. I had gone somewhere in life. But now here you are, you're just getting started. Some of you are wrestling with some issues that you've never wrestled with before. And here in college, those issues are not going to go away. But you've got to look at the consequence of what you're doing. How has that temptation affected the lives of others that succumbed under that pressure? In other words, you've got to ask this about that particular question. Will the act of failing God bring victory in my life or defeat? Those are the kind of questions that you have to ask. You have to become that kind of discerning student of God's Word that His Spirit so permeates your life that if you do not ask that kind of question, you're not concerned about this semester. You're not concerned about how you finish the course. And God wants you to be the best that you can be and so that you can become a voice in this wilderness. I don't know about you youngsters, but we're living in a society that's going totally debauched. We're living in a society that is abdicated from morality, from righteousness, and we are about on the way out. And I'm telling you, youngsters, that God is depending upon you as young Christians to carry on the Word and to make a difference in this culture. You'd also have to say, has anyone gone on before me ever recovered fully after yielding to the temptation that I'm about to yield to? That's what you've got to ask. You've got to be so discerning that you've got to look out Check out other folks' track record and make sure that what you're doing means something for God because you are a responsible individual. And too many youngsters today are very irresponsible with their lives and that irresponsibility shows itself by our behavior. Will I really be happy? Will I really be sad? Will I become confused, perplexed? What's going to be the outcome? Not only of those that have gone on before me, but about me personally. God holds Pastor John personally accountable for everything that he's told me to do. He also is going to hold you accountable and responsible for the life that he's given you to live for him, to change this society, as a matter of fact, this entire world that we live in. We have been displaying cheap grace 
in the church, and Bonhoeffer was right. His grace, his death on Calvary was more than that, and he is expecting you and I to do exactly what he called us to do. You've got to ask these kind of questions about your life. The third question that I might ask you this morning is, if I yield to this temptation, how will it affect me? Now, you've got to think conclusively about that. If I yield to whatever is coming into my mind, and listen, I'm just not talking about lust because the world is full of that. You can be in your car. Listen, South Central Los Angeles, you drive down the street and look at a billboard. Lust is all around you. You turn on NBC, CBS, ABC, lust will flood your mind. I'm not talking about that. My friends, I'm talking about the kind of temptation where somebody's going to say, listen, you can get a job and make more money than you've ever made in your life. Drop out of school. Forget that. Just drop out and make some money, honey, so you can get that nice, fancy red car and go on with your life. And everybody's going to, listen, you've got to ask this kind of a question. If I yield to this, how is it going to affect me? It's going to mean something to you. It's either going to tear you apart, it's going to destroy your testimony, and I'm telling you, God is expecting you to do something for Him. Well, it changed my attitude about God in my life in general. And that's the way you have to look at temptation in your life. That's the way you have to view this entire semester. Will it change the way you think? Could I really serve the Lord with as much vigor as I do today if I did this? Let's get real with ourselves. We don't like this kind of message. As a matter of fact, oh, I thought this was chapel. It is. The Lord is speaking to us. Oh, I thought I heard that Sunday. This is Monday. I'm into good times. You need to get into discipline. You see, our minds are not disciplined enough in the church. You might think, well, Pastor John, you're off. You worked yesterday, so you don't have anything. Oh, my friends, I work every day of my life. My mind continuously rolls because God has something that he wants to get done through his people on this planet. And you've got to know that you folk are going to be the future of the Christian church. And how you live today will determine how the church will be tomorrow. Let's come on down to the fourth very important question. And let's reveal first, is the temptation a violation of Scripture? That's number one. What does God's Word say? Secondly, what will be the consequences in the lives of other people as well as myself if I yield in this area? Thirdly, if I yield to the temptation, how will that yielding affect me? It will affect you. I don't know what... Listen, it's going to affect you. You may think that you're strong. Your parents may have money. They can buy you out of any jam you get in. It will affect you eternally, and it will affect the kingdom of God. Money is the greatest temptation in our society because we're basically materialists. We love to eat well, dress well, live well. And God is saying, I want you to do everything for me well because that's what counts throughout eternity. It's not the materialism that's in front of us, but it's rather the commitment to Christ that he's given us. Let's come on down to the fourth and very important question. Fourthly, I would ask this of you to ask yourself. Am I willing to pay the consequences of yielding to this temptation? Am I willing to pay the consequence? Now, you've got to get real about this thing. Because if you say, well, Pastor John, things are going to get better, and you don't know what my dilemma is, and, and I've got this thing figured out, and I know what they ask you down here to do. They ask you down here to put guilt on. No, they didn't know what I was going to say, and I didn't know what they wanted me to say. 
I want you to get in touch with the tension of the Christian experience this morning. Yielding to temptation that God has told us not to yield to, what are the consequences that it's going to produce in your life? Are you ready to pay the cost? Now that's the issue. I have to ask myself that every, everywhere I go, every statement that I make, in terms of current Christian history, pastors that have flown the coop, so did, did they think about that? Did they think about the results of that? Some of you will be put in great churches, great responsibility. And I want you to think about everything that happens, everything that comes in contact with you, that there is a cost to be paid, that there is a price. And I'm telling you, oh, we can argue conservative and liberality. No, it's righteousness or unrighteousness. That's the only key. That's the way it works. I don't care if you're in San Fernando Valley or in the middle of South Central Los Angeles. There is a price to pay. And you know, a lot of times you can go to say, hey man, where's your church at? First of all, I don't have a church. It's his church. See, I didn't die for a church. There's no holes in my hand. It's not my church. I'm just a servant like any other pastor. But I'm telling you that every pastor has to pay the price and they need to think about it. If any of you are thinking about getting into the pastorate, you better fall on your face and hope you hear from the Holy Spirit. If any of you dear young ladies are going to get involved in ministry, you better get serious about this thing. Listen to godly people as they instruct you about this very important area. Do I really want to pay the price of it? That's another question that you have. Do I, not only am I considering to count the cost, but am I willing to pay the price? Now, as young people, you've got to think that through. Some of you are going to be tempted to get involved in some relationships, even in this fine Christian college. Oh, don't fool yourself. You have folks in the dorms checking up on you, but there's someone else that's checking up on you. What you need to do is you need to count that cost. You need to say, well, I'm, I'm just baptized, spent upon, immersed, and everything else, and I know I'm going to make it. God's going to carry me through. I've got some news for you. Some of you are going to meet some folks that you've never met before. They're going to touch something in you that you will never be the same. You better open up God's Word and fall down and say, I've got to pass this test. And many youngsters fail that exam because they never stop to take the time to count the cost of what it means on being a Christian today. In our society, we don't do that. In our society, what we do is we look at others. Well, I'll never do that, sure. Take it from me. Take it from me. I'm tempted every single day of my life, and that's why I keep my nose in the Word of God. And I know more than anyone in this room what my downfall can be. I know I'll never share it with you. God knows it. Just like each of you know it, and what God is challenging you youngsters to do today is to pass the test. Pass the test. That's what it's all about, my friend. That's all it's all about. I'm telling you, do I have the price to pay? Not only have I counted the cause, do I really want to pay the price of it, but do I have the price to pay? And would it also cost others? Think about that. Let us stop thinking selfishly about our Christian experience. There are others involved when we blow it with God. Others will be affected every day of the week. You've got to know that. This isn't a selfish thing called Christianity. What Christ is doing in your life will affect hundreds and possibly thousands of people throughout eternity. And you need to see your life as that kind of a power, as that kind of a source in the world that we live in today. Too many folks just go through college and they just go through and they say, listen, 
it's going to be that way, Pastor John, and many have failed before me, and I'm going to fail too. And God is saying, I want you to fight the course. I want you to hold that line. You know, a lot of people think South Central, I remember, it was great. Last summer, some of the students from the Master's College came down, spent a week down there. They walked the streets of South Central with me. I mean, we walked around. We walked through drug-infested territories, gang-ridden territories. You know, I had to put on my little bulldog collar to identify that I was, a, you know, the clergy, because they never know who you are. But then, as we walked through the community, some of you even stayed in our homes with us. You ate with us. You slept in our homes. You saw the way we lived. And it's a, yes, sure, it's a battlefield out there. But what a joy. Now, what if I'm speaking all this highfalutin stuff here to you, trying to encourage you to go on and do what God wants you to do, and then I get out there and I blow it. I blow it. Somebody's probably tape recording this. I know my cameraman are filming it. And I blow it. And somebody's seen this thing. Pastor John, you hypocrite. Hypocritos extraordinaire. You couldn't. Hold the line. You didn't pass the test. I'm telling you, my friends, you've got to ask yourself that question. Are you willing to pay the consequences of yielding to that particular kind of temptation? Let's move on down to number five. The fifth question. Will yielding to this temptation satisfy me or only stir up stronger desires? Will yielding to this temptation satisfy me or stir up some stuff that I need not uncover in my life. Listen, as a young person, you have not experienced it all. I hope, I, I pray to God that I've experienced all sin in my life, and I don't, no, no, it's done. But some of you are saying, yes, but, I, but I've never, listen, you don't ever want to, trust me. You don't ever want to. If you grow up in a Christian home, if you have a mom and dad that bred you on the Bible, took you to Sunday school, taught you all that. You don't want to get involved in sin. It will destroy your life. I counsel people at the church all the time. Lives ruined by sin. And then when they come to church and they sit in front of me, and I say, listen, God is able if you're able. Are you able to toe that line? Do you want to pass that test? My friend, that's what it's all about. In terms of this question, satisfying or stirring up others, one must really know themselves in order to answer this question. You've got to know your limits. In college, you've got to know your limits. You've got to say to friends, hey, leave me alone. You are the enemy. No, I don't even want to hear you. I don't, listen, listen, listen. Don't even talk to me. Don't, no, no, don't call me. I'm studying. You're talking about junk. Oh, have you seen Leroy? Yes, I've seen Leroy. Leroy is so fine. Wait a minute, girl. You need to be studying biology. Oh, but I can't get him out of my mind. Lose your mind. You see, you've lost it. You see, and that's exactly what temptation is. And that's the way it comes. Hey, man, look at here. I'm on the basketball team. We beat out Azusa right here. Well, did you see that jamming cheerleader, the one that kept going, woo? You know, wait a minute. No wonder you can't get your lesson. Your mind is all, you know, I know. I know. Because, you see, I was there. I was there. Listen, I taught, I taught youth at Olivet for 17 years. I was a youth director. 17 years in one church. And now in that very same church, we have adults in leadership position that I grew up in that church, and now they're training you. And I'm saying, now don't you be beguiled by this game called life. 
It'll take you out at the drop of a hat. And what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to encourage you because God is going to call you most definitely in ministry. And when he calls you folk in ministry, he is expecting you to pass the test every day of your lives. Christianity is not, listen, Christianity is not a game. It's not a money thing. It's not something that people have put together to keep our society going. It is life. If there's one thing that's going to happen to each of us in this room that know the Lord, when you die, you will see him alive in heaven. If that was not a fact, I would not be here encouraging you. If your death was nothing but an empty trench at the end of 69 years, they should shut this place down and let's all get out there and do what we want to do. But my friends, life is much more than that. And God is depending upon you and I to pass that test, to pass that test. In terms of yielding to the temptation, satisfying me, or stirring up stronger desires, you have to say or ask yourself this, have you ever come to the point of turning around when it's too late? Have you ever come to that point in your, oh man, I wish I had not have done, right, I know what you wish. Let's start thinking before you take a pipe dream wish. Don't come to the point that it's too late. Let's start dealing with this tension in our lives. Listen, students, listen to me. I'm not making this up. Life is real and it's going to do a number on you. I don't care what community you live in. You can live in South Central, South Central where you had better not go and try to get uh, a, a bottle of milk after a certain hour without somebody going with you. You had better not be caught. What? Listen, it's dangerous in South Central. I'll never forget we had a Bible study a couple of weeks ago and we were leaving it. And I'm telling you, they were shooting in front of the church and in back of it. And I said, brothers, I think you all need to go out there and become the shield. You should have seen the way they looked at me. What do you mean? What do you mean? I said, what do, what do you mean? Wait a minute. Get out there. The ladies are out on the lot. A literal war zone out there. But what a joy to be involved in ministry at such a time as this. Now, listen. God wants to send some of you folk, not only in South Central, but to other countries. Oh, yes, that's where he's going to send you. He's going to send you there as missionaries doing his work for the kingdom and they're going to be shooting and dying and you know what you're preparing yourselves right now to pass the test right now and so that when god sends you there you'll be able to stand up and do it right that's what it's all about my friends let's come on down to the last question sixth and last question but let's review first since we're college students and i don't want you to miss the points number one is this temptation a violation of the scriptures you've got to know that secondly what has been the consequences in the lives of others that have failed in the area that you are getting ready to fail in? Thirdly, if you yield to the temptation, how is that temptation going to affect you? Fourthly, are you willing to pay the price of yielding to it? A lot of you, yeah, man, man, leave me alone. You're dealing with my mind. That's what the truth does. That's exactly what the truth Listen, that's what church is for. That's what your pastor's for. He's not there to tickle your fancy every... He's there to deal with your mind. To get you to come to a point, I'm going to do it or I'm not going to do it. I don't know about you, but uh, if, you, if you're blessed like me to take uh, Dr. Roth's cup in Old Testament... <laughs> man, I'm telling you, that was one of the roughest classes I ever had in my life at, at Talbot. And I, I, was, I, I was telling Paul, I turned in my first paper and when Dr. Roth's cup gave it back, it looked like a rooster jumped on my paper and just scratched it all up with red ink. Oh! He says, what is it going to take to get through this man's class? But do you know what he was doing? 
He was equipping me and preparing me to become more determined to do what God wants me to do. And so when pastors talk to you like this, it's not because we're angry. We're trying to encourage you to do exactly that that God wants you to do. Number four, we say that are you willing to pay the consequences of yielding to the temptation? Number five, will yielding to this temptation satisfy or stir up more desire? Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Man, you know I'm high strung that way, right? Now let's come on down to the sixth and last. Is yielding to this temptation a wise move or a foolish move? Is, we, is yielding to this temptation, whatever it may be, is it a wise move or is it a foolish move? Now, you've got to know that. And listen, please don't sit out there and fog me, you know. You're ready for the horn. Fog horn. You just fogged me. You're not talking with me, Pastor John. Sure I am. You know how I know I'm talking to you? Because I'm talking to myself. Whenever I preach, my friends, this preaches me. This teaches me. If I do something, is that wise or foolish? In other words, is it wise in the sight of God? Or is it wise in the sight of human wisdom? See, my friends, it's easy for us to say, God knows that I'm doing this and God knows what my problem is, but is this a wise or a foolish decision? You have to come to that. And once you come to that, you will know right then what to do. And that's why James says, Blessed is that man who perseveres while under trial. In other words, that person is approved as genuine after he's come through the test. And most of us don't want to think that way. You have to say, having made foolish decisions in the past, all of us have done that, and we have the knowledge of what that feels like. And so let's stop fogging each other. We've made the wrong decisions in the past. We know what those wrong decisions have done in our lives, and it's going to affect us if we continue to do that. Is it wise or is it foolish? Is it right?